Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are, you now, are now listening, listening to, to The War the Report, Report. Report. Wednesday, Wednesday Night, night War, War Room, Room. With, your host, with your host, C. Doe. It's your boy C. The Walker. I got my boys with me. Mike, Mike. G. G. Get your weight up. Strength and conditioning. Development. Ike Jones. Jones. Stop thinking with your emotions and watch the tape. And be real. Which is not normal for me. It's taking something out of me. Are you ready? Because we are now locked and loaded for the Wednesday night war. Let's go! Get on in here into this war room. It's good to see you guys. Happy hump day. Do us a quick favor as you're coming on in, and some of y'all are already doing it, and I love to see it. Smash the like button. Drop a war eagle in the comments. Drop your city if you're not Auburn fam. We just want to hear from you regardless. And please, by all means, share this video, guys. You know the drill. Share it if you're on Facebook or if you're on Twitter, add us at The War Rapport. If you're on Facebook or Twitter, please hashtag TWR War Room and hashtag Get Your Weight Up. We've seen you guys out there doing it, and it means a lot to us. It helps us out a ton. Let people know that The War Report is out here dropping great content in the offseason. We appreciate that. Well, listen, man. We've got some good news today, right? I mean, lately, yeah, the past awesome. two weeks, uh, we've been <laughs> getting a lot of negative news as regarding the transfer portal as guys leaving the program, but we got a new addition. And let's talk about it, guys. Tony Fair. Tony Fair. And I'm not really surprised with this one. All in all signs was pointing to him leaning t- towards Auburn. Um, of course, I read his stats. I read his stats last week or the last Sunday, rather, six, six foot three, approximately 330 30 pounds, Big run man. stopper. But what I read in an article by Rivals today is he credited his recruitment uh, to, of course, Nick Eason. And he yeah. really spoke highly of him, uh, his experience in the NFL, and really felt like Nick Eason has what it takes to help him get to the next level I've watched some of his highlight film. It's a highlight film, so you take it with a grain of salt. But I liked what I saw, given that he was going against Power 5 competition in Tennessee and Miami and was actually plugging up the middle, something that Auburn desperately needs. So I like what I saw out of this guy, but I want to hear from you fellas. Starting with you, Ike. What are your thoughts on this guy? What are you seeing uh, when you watch the film? What are your thoughts, man? Talk to us. 
Yeah. So you guys remember last time we talked, I said, until till we actually land a guy, I don't really take much time to watch what he's doing. Right. Like yeah. I'll, I'll look here and there. I did take some time today after he officially announced to watch a little film on him. And I liked what I saw. I liked what I saw. Of course, again, the majority of what I was able to get was highlights. So you're not sure. going to get how evenly uh, his effort is going to be throughout the game. Um, but what you do notice is that he can play. Yeah. He's a big space eater. He's quick uh, to the point of attack. If he's getting blocked by one guy, that's not a really healthy proposition. He stacks and sheds really well. Um, when he is, when they're attempting to do um, like down blocks on him or some sort of zone read, he splits that really easily coming off the hip of the the center, uh, whichever direction they're flowing. Um, I liked what I saw, man. He's just, and, and if he's getting double teamed frequently, which I think they're going to have to do with a guy who can, who can move how he is and how strong he is. Again, like you said, playing against power five teams, right? It's not like we're just seeing him against conference USA competition. He was in there against Tennessee, who I mentioned last time, they blew us off the line consistently when we played them last year. So it's not as if Tennessee is slouches up front on the offensive line, what, regardless of what their record tells you, those are SEC caliber offensive linemen that he was playing against. And he mm-hmm. was bullying those kids. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing against Miami. Miami ha- had a decent run game. Um, they, they relied a little more heavily on the pass. You know, we, we understand what offense that they're running with Rhett Lashley down there. But still, uh, he did he did his thing, man. So I'm looking forward to seeing Nick Eason get this guy into this rotation. Uh, him and Tyrone Truesdale should be a formidable rotation up front at that nose. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do uh, as a a run stuffer and even as a um, a um, as uh, being able to rush the passer from interior lineman position. So looking forward to it. Talk to me, B. What you got? When I heard the other teams were Purdue and what was the other team in the form? Ole Miss. Yeah, I was like, okay, we got them. Yeah, I wasn't worried about them. Um, Ole Miss might have a little juice on the offensive side of the ball because of Kiffin, but defensively you don't have a reason to go there so i wasn't too worried about us having to compete with those two teams we are more talented than those two teams we are better recruiting schools than those two teams so i was like oh we're right down the street this is this is a gimme and sure enough he committed to us so that was a good thing um i'm i'm as a side note i was i was looking to see is this the first real test of eason's recruitment ability mm-hmm. um and it again i don't think it really was because of who we were recruiting against those those aren't the people we, we're really going to have to fight. We're going to have to fight with Georgia and Bama and, and LSU and Clemson. Um, but I, I like that he credited Eason for his decision to come here. Like that, right. that's what I want to hear. I, I want to hear that guys really connected with our position coaches, the guys who are going to be coaching them every day. Mm-hmm. I like it when we have a, an ace recruiter on the staff. That's good because, yeah, he can come in and sweet talk you and tell you what you want to hear. But when you get here, you're going to see one dude a lot. And you got to be okay with that one dude. However his demeanor is, however he's going to coach you. And Eason's who he's going to see. And that's who he likes. So I think that's a big win. Um, Hopefully that's a a positive sign for us going forward with recruitment. But um, I, I think he is the exact type of project that we need. Mike talks about it since we started the war report. And that is the Tubbleville era was give me twos and threes that are willing to work. And I'm going to turn you into NFL players. 
he's already shown the work ethic because he came from D2. He, he didn't start at UAB. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So he went from there to UAB. <clears throat> he excelled at UAB. And now he's stepping up to the next level. Like, that's what you want to see. We know you know how to elevate. You know how to learn and how to improve. And hopefully he's going to what we have here is some next level coaching, um, not only at his position, but in scheme that gets eyes on him. And he can help elevate the, the work ethic of the guys around him, because honestly, I don't we're not too accomplished on the defensive line. You know what I'm saying? Like we've 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 had good defenses. Um, Wooden flash last year. Mm. Burks is flashing in spring, which is good. Um, Truesdale, I, I, I still don't know what to make of Truesdale. I'm glad he's here. I'm glad we got that body with that experience, but um, I'm I'm glad that we're getting a guy who not only has flashed on screen in, in games, but dedication to getting better. We need more of that. Like, so losing Handy and losing Hardy, it's like, yeah, but what have those guys shown us? They obviously have problems accepting their role and working up to the expectations of the coaches. So we don't want that anyway. I think culture-wise, it's a good fit. I think productivity, it's a good fit. And it makes me not miss the transfers that we just lost. So I think it's great. What you got for me, my G? Uh, yeah, so Ike and I talked about this one earlier today. Uh, I went back and looked at the film, too. Um, and I have come to the conclusion that if you are a person standing in Tony Fair's way, you will not be for long. He's mm-hmm. going to move you. Um, you're mm-hmm. not going around him. Uh, you're just, you just you have one choice, and that is to go down. Uh, this was a big get for these guys in light of the um, kind of attrition that we experienced to the portal. So to be expected, uh, the portal giveth and the portal taketh away. So right. took a couple guys from us. They gave one back. Um you know, this guy is going wants to be here, you know, uh, coming from where he's coming from. He's going to be hungry, mm-hmm. you know, uh, which I think is going to factor in as well, too. Um, you know, uh, you know where he's at. I mean, he's, think about it. This is a guy who's had to prove himself at every level. Right. Right. Um, you know, uh, probably has been, you know, overlooked and underrated his entire football career. And now he gets a chance to come do it with the big boys in the SEC, man. This is a big deal for him. So, uh, you know, I have a ton to say about this one. I just think, you know, this staff, because a lot of people freaked out when Hardy and Handy were going. Like, oh, my God, what's going on in the planes? What are they doing? And it was like, come on, guys. Like, this is happens every time a coach takes over. Right. Right. And now we're getting this guy in. Man, if for some reason the guys we lost were part of the culture that Harson is trying to change. Getting guys like Tony Fair in is very important to rebuilding the type of culture he's going to want to put in. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I don't know if you guys have heard, but Brian Hartson doesn't want your excuses. He doesn't want your doctor's note. <laughs> Show up <laughs> and get to work. <laughs> Not the That's, doctor's note. That that is the, the new law on the planes. Don't come with a note from your chiropractor, from your pediatrician, talking about you got a cold. Listen, Brian Harson is ready to get to work, man, and he is not uh, messing around with these players anymore. So we, ex- I think we experienced some attrition and getting a guy like Tony Farian who's going to be hungry, man, and he's going to take to that. This guy's coming here to work. Yeah, yeah. You now yeah. I saw the interviews that he did. He's coming here to get to damn work. 
So watch out. We get more guys like this, and it's going to make a difference because the culture shift is one of our coach's biggest hurdles that he's got to get over. You know, and getting new blood in here, man, that's going to buy in immediately is definitely going to help. And then if you thought you were just going to get handed the job because those guys left, guess what? There's competition in the meeting room. Right. You know, and that's going to be important. So I'm all on board. I'm very positive about this. I just think it's a great thing for the team moving forward. I'll say this. Uh, One of the things that I'm liking about this staff in terms of recruiting and 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 I know people are getting caught up in stars like, oh, another three star. When are the four and five stars going to start rolling in? Listen, what I've noticed with guys like Fair, Drayshawn Miller, is they're coming in with an expectation of flourishing in this new system. Right. They're trusting the coaches. If we do what they tell us to do, we're going to get to the next level. Yeah. Right. So you got guys who want to come in, not only improve themselves, but they're trying to work hard to get the to get the attention of NFL scouts and really, really do what it takes to reach their goals. Right. So I like that. And again, it just it lets me know what these guys are saying to these kids. Right. It's not, hey, you you may come and get playing time. If you trust and do what we tell you to do, not only will you succeed in our system, but you're going to reach your dreams and goals. Yeah. I like it. Mm. I like yeah. it. And, and if they deliver on that, if everyone buys in, sky's the limit moving moving forward for bringing other kids in. We, br- yeah. we brought in this kid. He was a three-star. Look where he is now. Right. Uh-huh. You buy in to us. You, you've already seen. And we, talk, we, we talked to Josh Pate. The interview went out early this week. If we're able to show that what we're able to promise these kids we're doing in year one, year two, the recruits will, will that was the four and five stars will come a lot more frequently than what we're seeing now. But we haven't put anything on the field. But right now, getting guys who are willing to be a part of that groundwork, that foundation, incredibly important. So I'm all for it. Yeah. 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 I think, uh, you know, B. Will said it right. Um, anybody who has continued to elevate from, you know, whatever position they were placed in and they've worked their way. He worked his way into D1 and he worked his way into recognition into getting into a power five school. Like uh, somebody said in the comments, those were his top three, but those weren't his only offers. These we were not one of the only schools. And he specifically said he wanted to go face Alabama. Part of what he wanted to do was go up against Bama. Let's go. Let's go. Come on, man. We need more of that. That Harson mentality of like, okay, you're the big dog, cool. I'll show you in a in a year. We'll, we'll see what's up, right? Yeah, like right. the mentality of I want to go against the best. You said that's the best players that are available right there. All right, cool. Let me play them then. Yeah, hold we'll my see. beer. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll see. <laughs> right. I want. I want that every day of the week. Every day of the week, somebody who invites that smoke. That's somebody who I want on our squad. Uh, it gives me chills thinking about it, man. I'm like, I'm ready to see this dude eat, man. Like. Yeah. He's he's a one year rental, like he's a super super senior, right? Like mm-hmm. he was part of the sure. the class sure. class of twenty fifteen. That right. he you know he said he redshirted, he went to D two, he came up you know played at, at UAB for a couple of years. He got this COVID extension and he took advantage of it. He is he is milking every possibility he had because he probably you know in at UAB didn't get the draft grade he wanted, so he was like, all right, cool. Well, let me go find a school that you guys think is reputable. 
I'll go out there and play against the best every Saturday and then tell me what my draft grade is. Yep. Right. Right. Absolutely. You know, I'm excited. I'm excited about our line. If, if, if he if he does anything, what we've seen him do on film so far. Yeah. Just imagine what our linebackers can do with this guy drawing double teams. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing I imagine I what to understand is just like <sighs> he's a space eater. Right. So like you, you might not see him have, you know, a double double digit tackle game. But if if he's up front doing his job, they're going to have to double team him consistently. And that means free runs. That means McLean and Papo are downhill a lot. It right. also means Auburn is going to lead the league in sacks this year, baby. Yeah, those, those <laughs> defenses, <go>. those guys <laughs> coming off of the edge are going to have one-on-ones. You I'm know, telling y'all. Ekuluyota has been known as a yeah. pass rusher. I, I will get into linebacker play. I really like what I saw out of the young kid. Um, oh gosh, I no, 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 no. The one he played in A-Day. He was uh, originally a Miami commit, and he um, switched over Romello. to us at the last minute. Yeah. Hype. Hype. Yeah, mm-hmm. man, Romello Hype looked good in A Day, man. I just like the I there so there, I, I I watch film different than other people when I look for stuff, right? I liked the way he bent the edge, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't yeah. get the he didn't get the uh the sack every time. I just liked to see the way that he leaned into the edge and the speed at which he got off, right? Mm-hmm. One of the things I love about when you if you go back and watch the highlight film of Tony Fair, this is one of the things This is one of the first things that I got hype about, right? It was the first Tennessee highlight that you'll see is him engaging with the center and then throwing him off to get the tackle, right? Like, I love that. Mm. He stonewalled him because it's a run play. The center is immediately trying to, you know, drive him up, right? He just stoned him, threw him off, got the tackle, right? Number one. Number two, there's another play. You have to be watching, like, you have to watch film like I watch his film to see this. Is he makes the play, but watch how quickly he gets off the ground. That's the, to me like that's agility for a big man. Just when, when you see him, it's one play in particular where he makes the play and he he ends up on his stomach, but then he bounces up and pumps his fist. And I was like, man, he got off the ground kind of quick, bro. Like, I don't know <laughs> if you're supposed to be able to move like that and be that big, bro. Like he he can move, man. I'm telling you, just like I said, I just I watch film differently than most people. So like I look at little stuff that that indicates to me, okay, I like his hand placement. I like the way he did this and this and that. I like his agility, his feet. I was like, mm. he, he's 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 gonna be a good one year rental for us to be able to come up there, cause some havoc. Him and Truesdale give some time for Lee Hunter to develop a little bit more, not have right. to be primarily right. taking those snaps. If we're going to keep JJ down in the uh, inside, he's going to give him another year to develop and not have to worry about taking a lot of snaps minus some injuries. But uh, yeah, he looks good. Yeah. Listen, it, this is, this is cause for excitement. I see some in the comments here. Uh, my man, Michael Moore uh, says, uh, nice to see us stoked. I know sometimes we seem like we're a little on the negative side, but <laughs> yeah. like, but like, so this proves to you we are true fans, yeah, right? Yeah, like right, when listen. I see something, I'm going to get excited. I'll no, get excited about. I, I'm stoked because for if sure, we, if we with the with the defensive backfield that we have, if we can stop the run, mm. if we can stop the run, yeah, the only thing that's going to beat this defense is time of possession, yep. right, right. Right, because the de- the defensive backfield is going to be stout. Right, and if if you've got to throw into the teeth of what I consider to be the strength of our defense, good luck. Yeah, yeah, too too much time on the field is what's going to beat this defense. Hint, hint, a lot, lot of lot of experience right? in that secondary. So yeah, yeah you get man. him in obvious passing situations, and 
we kind of saw in spring that uh that uh Mason likes to bring a little pressure. Yeah, so, this, yeah, you gonna have all day to sit back there and throw the ball nah, in this defense, right? right? Nah. You know, um, his defenses have historically, you know, not let QBs just sit back there and, and pack a lunch and do their homework and do their taxes. You got time for none of that, right? So, yeah, I'm 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 excited about this. Get um, somebody else mentioned Pegues here, uh, mm-hmm. Lawrence Robinson, right? I, again, yeah. Lawrence, I don't think that's Sunshine Pumpkin. Right. Nah. If, if Pagese is a, a monster of an athlete, if he comes around and, and we get back to the days where we were rotating 10 guys on the D-line, mm, woo, right. it's going to be tough. Always not, not a game you want to see. You got to think about it. They've got a couple of games to get it right. Right. Like he's right. got a few games to get out there right. and figure it out, get his legs under him. You know, it can be good. Um I want to jump to this quick, quick question. Brad Hughes said, uh, speak a lot about the edge. Is that is is it a key to the this year's success? For me, edge is always a key to success because uh, if you have good edge pressure, it disrupts the timing of a lot of things. We have been terrible at being able to generate pressure right. on quarterbacks consistently around the right. edge right. since Sensei Mud left. Right. It just hasn't been there. Like the, the edge rushing has been awful and if you can find guys that can bend that edge and make that quarterback step up into the pocket, mm-hmm. right? Then you're feeding them to the bear. Right. All you're doing is running that guy into some space eaters up front. He doesn't have anywhere to go. Get him off his spot. That means that those longer developing plays don't have time to develop because you got a guy with get and you don't and you can do that without having to blitz. Right. That means your linebackers can do you know if you've got a, a mobile quarterback in your front four or your front three or whatever you're going to do with your mixing up things? Your linebackers can be in spy duty on a guy that's mobile, and we've got linebackers with enough speed to be able to run a guy down. Right. So if you can get that edge pressure matched with the ability to stick and stay up front, where does the offense have to go? They're going to have to just. It's going to be a lot of quick passes against a very downhill safety like Tennyson. Or smoke. Mm-hmm. That's not a good proposition. Yeah. Right. 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 So yeah, it's it's definitely a big. It's a it's a huge key um, to being able to do well. Is have your guys in the middle just be able to trust the fact that I don't have to do too much. I'm gonna eat up space and let the guys on the outside eat. Yeah. Yeah. So agree. So so Mike G, what what are, what are your uh, high excitement? How excited are you uh, seeing Tony Fair get some uh, good old strength and conditioning? And turn into a monster. Ah, man, listen. And once he gets into this, once you get him in the system, once you get him in the process, um, it's it's going to be something to behold, right? Like you know, these guys again. We the culture started in the weight room. The new culture started in the weight room this spring. And what, what Owen Papo had to say about strength and conditioning, I th- I thought said it all to me. You know, he was excited. This is a guy who's been in the last system. And he's saying he's excited before he's gotten a playbook or ran a play on the field talking about how they're going to look like Marines come fall. That's telling. So, you know, there's going to be a new new mindset. I think that that mindset is going to produce uh, physically produce something different on the field. Um, and, you know, uh, I'm excited about it. I want to jump back to a comment. Todd Cord said that uh, Jeff Lee over on the bunker said we're looking for a QB. Hey, listen, Todd, I'm uh, just going to take this time to plug this. Jeff Lee is coming on next week to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, just uh, join us next week, and you can ask Jeff Lee about that question 
uh, yourself. Uh, so we're going to pivot a little bit uh, toward recruiting here as we get deeper into the offseason. And, uh, you know, I told you all how I feel about recruiting. Uh, so we're bringing somebody on to talk to you about recruiting. <laughs> Uh, right. You know, uh, I follow Jeff on Twitter um, and I have a high respect for the work that these writers do and covering recruiting and, you know, keeping us informed on who we have a shot at. So uh, rather than pretend like I know I'm going we're going to bring somebody on to talk about it. Um, but, yeah, I just I just think uh, I think the weight room culture of Caesar is just it's going to it's just so important. And um you know, we've got a new facility that will play even more into that uh, about to be finished. Uh, right. So, you know, having a state of the art weight room, you know, with uh, with with the right technology and all the advances that have happened in sports nutrition, there's going to be something crazy. Like, you know, this is a whole process that they have to put in. You can't compete with what Saban is doing, doing what you did before. Right. You got to, at the very least, do what he's doing. And if you want to be him, you need to know something he don't know. Right. You need to do something he's not doing because he's not sitting back waiting on the game to catch up to him. Right. Gus. <laughs> right. Hey, man, he's gone, man. Yeah, yeah, right. And, and, we, and, we, and, we, and I think we finally have a coach that gets that. You, you can't just sit around and wait on the game to catch up to you. Right. right. And, right. you know, we had a, we, we expressed a lot of frustration this offseason because the game had caught up to us. And yeah. every year we were hoping for a change and it didn't happen. And it was the same thing. And then we paid twenty one million dollars to get that new car smell. I, I just think this is this is all all the change we're seeing is just positive, you know, in terms of. You know, do something different, get a different result. Right? Yeah. What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Correct. Gus. <laughs> right? Same play over and over again. It didn't work, man. We all could call it. Right? I'm ready to see something different. You know, and I can't I can't wait. I can't wait to see more about this multiple offense. And different concepts that they're going to put in in defense. It's kind of like, I'm excited about defense. We started off talking about Tony Fair, but I can't stress enough that they're going to need some help from their counterparts on the other side of the ball because time of possession is the thing that's going to beat them. Yes, yeah, we've seen it in the past, right? Uh, so Tony Fair can come in and help bolster our defensive line, but at the end of the day, if they're if the if the offense is losing the time of possession battle, this defense is going to get worn down in this league. Yeah, you know, and we have marquee offensive minds on our side of the conference now. We're going to get exposed for sure. It's right? Trigger trigger warnings all over the comment section. That yeah, I see yeah. Too. <laughs> Calm down. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, we're going to get exposed. Right, if we cannot move the ball enough. To get this, and, and you you still win games by scoring points, man. I don't care what you say. You still win games by scoring at least one more point than the other guy. And the expectation for our defense can't be perfection. Because they did statistically take a step back last year. That's not lost on me. But everybody forgets all the years that carried us while our right. offense did nothing to help those them. Were the more, then those were the more 
seven years uh, right. when they were actually carrying because you you had a, they gave the offense opportunities last year they we needed this, yeah last year we needed it to happen the other way around yeah they were yeah. bound to take a step back at some point yeah right yeah. so now we're getting more athletes and we're excited about defense again and I just don't want to see Tony Fair get in there and get worn down. Because we're yeah. losing time of possession battle by 10 minutes. Yeah. Well, I mean, that that's where the advantage of depth. Um, we do have a lot of we've got a good number of defensive linemen. It's not great, but we're we're probably a good too deep at every position. We got we got a lot of deta- uh, defensive tackles. Yeah. So we, we're, we'll be OK. Uh, I'm not worried. I guess it. It comes down to how valuable is each starter? Um, how deep is the drop off behind that starter? Do you feel comfortable putting um, Lee Hunter in behind Fair? Is the drop off is it okay? You know, can you save Fair a couple of drives for the fourth quarter if it's a tight game? That's really what's going to determine it. And for the first time in a long time, and we've all said this repeatedly, we've got some cupcakes. We've got one, two cupcakes. Kind of figure it out. Go to Penn State, test it. Come back home and then rework it. Based on what we found out at Penn State, now we're ready for the SEC. So I'm, yep. I, I think I think we'll be all right. You can afford to lose that Penn State game, right? Right, and that can be the loss that springboards you into SEC play. Mm-hmm. So it's not all yeah. or nothing. I, you know, again, we've talked about this. Uh, JG, we got to credit him. He's the first person who who we've yeah. heard said this. But yeah, we probably are going to be a possession until until. We get some of the guys at receiver, quarterbacks. If we we see some development there, the light bulb comes on. We're able to do more offensively. I can see us definitely being a possession type offense early on in the season, especially uh, just playing keep away and and keeping the defense off the field. And yeah, and and hopefully the offense expands towards the end of the season. We're able to take advantage of that. Yo, what's up? This your man Ike Jones with the War Report, and you've been listening to the War Report Wednesday Night War Room. You want to get in on the conversation early catch us as we broadcast this show live on wednesday nights at 9 p.m eastern 8 p.m central on youtube make sure you check out our other content while you're there facts and all the weekend tailgate our player interview series building report going strong all right enough of that let's get back to the show venturing outside of the, the loveliest village on the plains uh we're gonna head out west and talk about a certain individual uh, who was who's been in the the news for the past few days. The the the, the noise is starting to die down a little bit, but uh, Jimbo out here talking a little trash. Jimbo, uh, I think he kind of want that smoke. So for those of you guys, those of you guys who aren't familiar, I think it was last week over the weekend. Jimbo was speaking at the Houston Touchdown Club, and he was asked a question about beating Nick Saban and will he have to wait until Nick Saban retires before he actually gets a chance to beat him? Jimbo responds, and these these are, you know, someone mentioned that they've been to Bible study, so, you know, cover your ears. I don't talk like this. I'm quoting Jimbo. Jimbo says, we're going to beat his ass when he's there. I don't know where there is, but he says, don't worry. Those are his words. And he has since doubled down on that. So Jimbo already bulletin board material. Now, I think Alabama goes to A&M this upcoming season. I think they played in Tuscaloosa last last season. 
they're going to College Station this season. Nevertheless, Jimbo is already confident in putting out bulletin board material that uh, A&M got this. Now, I don't know what, what thoughts Ike has, what thoughts Mike has. Even if you got thoughts, I don't want to hear it right now. I want to hear from the one and only <laughs> B-Will. Speak on it, B-Will. Jimothy, your man out here oh, talking. Oh, Jimothy. Jimothy out here talking. Take He's saying it with B. his chest. We, we yeah. got to start at the top, fellas. We got to okay. start at the top. Okay. All right. So, firstly, all right, I got my camera guy out of focus. There we go. Okay. Firstly, Jim Muthy, T. Fisher. I don't even know what his middle name is. All right. <laughs> He won a national championship at Florida State. This is a fact. We cannot take that away from Jimothy Fisher. Yeah. We know right. that one firsthand. Mm-hmm. We know yep. that one I firsthand. There. I was there for it. I do not want people to think that anything I feel negatively about Jimbo Fisher is because we lost to him in the national championship game. Okay. Us losing was a product of a deficient deficiency of talent on defense and a wildly talented stacked Florida State roster. That is the game. All right. We had a lot of things going for us, but it did not surprise me that we lost that game because we did not have the talent to match up on defense with what they had on offense at tight end, at offensive line, at quarterback. We we did not have the defense to keep up with them. Okay. I am not salty about that. They hurt, but I'm not salty about that. Jimbo Fisher stepped into what was one of the three most legendary coaches um, program at the time, okay, and Bobby Bowden. Bobby Bowden was still recruiting like a madman because he's Bobby Bowden. Bobby Bowden steps aside. Jimbo Fisher steps up. Within three years, he wins the national championship, okay? He has turned that, similar to what Les Miles did, who was similarly overrated, okay? Now, Les Miles was more overrated for a number of reasons that have come out after the fact. But um, you, he won a championship with a legendary coach's work. And then what happened to that program? The only team, the only perennial top 25 team that has been worse at offensive line than Auburn is Florida State. Quarterbacks were getting killed. Do you you remember what happened to the quarterback? What, what was his name? Francois. Francois. Francois was getting tattooed weekly. He was scared. He was as scared as our quarterbacks have been playing like, but they weren't under nearly as much duress. How do you win a national championship as an offensive coach, as a developer of quarterbacks, and as a play caller, and be worse at offensive line than the guy who NFL scouts say that's a terrible offense for, that Gus Malzahn has. How do you do worse than us after coming off a national championship? You were handed the keys to not the perfect ship because Bobby wasn't competing, but the talent was there. He took the best you could possibly do. He did it with the redshirt freshman. He had talent all around. He put guys in the league. Those He didn't do what we did where it's like, okay, Cam went and then Nick Fairley went and everybody else, eh, CFL, you know? No, you got studs. How do you not maintain with development? How do you not maintain that? How do you lose that edge in recruiting? 
How do you let Clemson sneak into the picture? Because he's a mediocre coach, all right? I can tell you constantly about something I'm going to do. That's why these comments he made, who cares? You know why? All he's going to do is hype up, oh, you know, we're going to do, oh, well, it's, it's nothing. All, all we're going to do is we're going to go out there, we're going to compete. I don't care. He sounds like he's trying to sell me a Subaru in 2021. I don't want a Subaru. He always sounds like he's trying to sell you something. I hate hearing this man talk. I hate hearing this man talk. I know you won one. I know you won one. Man, Gene Chizik won one. He don't, he don't talk that much. Does he talk that much? No, because he knows. Hey, I was glad to be there. We got Cam. It was a great run. I love Auburn. Thank you. Jimbo Fisher. Oh, well, we're going to go down there. But you ain't beating Nick Saban when he's where? In the nursing home? Man, man, please stop. Stop me. Man, stop, man. Stop. Jimbo Fisher fell upwards. I don't know how you how you do that badly at Florida State and then fall upwards into more money and more talent. Texas A&M, and I, I tell y'all this all the time, every time we talk recruiting, it's about the school more than it's about the coach, which is why Florida State was hovering right about where they're hovering now in talent after they won that championship. And Texas A&M was pulling hella talent from back when old uh, Good For Nothing was there with Johnny Manziel. They were recruiting like crazy under, what was his name? Sumlin. Sumlin, yeah. He was terrible. Oh, he was the worst. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I don't know how you have two guys leave your program and then go compete for a Heisman. Like, uh, you, you're, the, you're the problem, buddy. But he fell upwards, and the only reason he looks somewhat good now is because Sumlin was worse. That's it. He had a good run. I'm not saying he's not a good offensive coach. He is a good offensive coach. I think he's a very good offensive coach. Quarterbacks get better while he's coaching them. That is a benefit. That, that is a, a boon to Jimbo's reputation. This head coach mystique that somebody that Texas A&M has pumped his head up with or that he thought he had. Man, listen, man. I, do do y'all know anybody who talks like they are good at something, but they're not really good at it? They're just a, a, a you happen to be around the right people. Oh, I made some investments. You didn't make investments. You knew people who were smart, who had a lot of money, and they told you what to do. You're not a genius. They're the geniuses. You just listen. So I'm glad you were somewhere where you had a bunch of talent and you capitalized one time. God bless you, sir. I'm glad you fell into a situation where you've got even more talent than you had before that you were failing with. God bless you, sir. You turned a mediocre quarterback into a good quarterback and got him drafted. God bless you, sir. Doesn't AM have like perennially? Well, what's that? What's that? What's up? Mon is a good quarterback. He played like a good, good quarterback last year. Okay. Yeah. I just never heard you say that. Yeah. Go um, ahead. yeah right, I, I'm, not, right. I'm not a hater. <laughs> I, I, I haven't admitted that before. Right. I, I have admitted that before. I've, I've said that. Y'all don't do that to me. I've done that. I've said that. But okay. Texas AM traditionally has recruited awesome offensive linemen. Like, that's that's one of their things. That's one of their position groups. They're like, them offensive line, us running back. That's 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 kind of what they're known for. So, yes, that it's a great benefit to him. I think them being strong in that position is great for him. He's just got to convince one guy to come there, be the guy at quarterback, and then he can go on a really good run. I don't want to take what he's good at away from him, but what he thinks he is... <sighs> He's not. So hold on. Let, can I ask a question? Mm -hmm. 
I have so much to say. <laughs> of the coaches currently in the SEC, where do you rank Jimothy? Uh, Saban's got to be one. Okay, I mean, uh, yeah, of course. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, let yep. me see. Two, I'll say this. I will give you Kirby Smart is definitely like six. He's no better than six. <laughs> you don't get that much talent and not win anything. He's six. I don't. I don't, I don't care for Kirby Smart. Um, oh, that was just an so, unnecessary shot at Kirby. God, Dan though. Mullen. <laughs> Wait, Dan he didn't Mullen. win the conference championship. He went from one to six. <laughs> I know. He's just like, yeah. While I'm, I'm here, I'm listen, Kirby trying to win without the, the, the other I'm in the area of people who I don't like. Let me just go ahead and throw a little shade. I'm, I'm trying to sort out the other overrated because it. I have to factor in what do you, what do you have to work with? Man, just tell us what Jubo Fisher is right. I got to get it right, man. What do you have to work with? So Kirby is mm. no he's no worse than sixth. Kirby, so, I'm, five, so is he six? Let's say, hmm, man, it's really hard to say. So Jimbo is better than Kirby, is what you're saying. Jimbo's better than Kirby because okay, he hasn't so had as much. Five. He has so not had as much talent five, as Kirby. Right? Yeah. He's, he's top five. He's top five. Man, wait, can I see what type of Lane, coach Lane Kiffin is going to be in the SEC? That's No, ooh. man, pick one now. No, pick, go ahead and pick. It's too much undecided, man. It's too much. It's too much. I don't know who Harson is. You got, you got some right of the list right here. I don't know who Harson is in the SEC. Uh, oh, I, okay, okay, that's so fine. If you, Harson so you, can't if you be number two. Yeah, so if you don't know, then two. you got to rank them down the list. Uh, nah, it's TBD, TBD. You get punished He's not better. I'm not asking you to rank Coach Harson. I'm asking you. I'll say four. Okay, Jimbo's two and three. Jimbo's four. So who's ahead of him? I'm going to say. Other than Sabe, who's the two ahead of him? I'm going to say Orgeron. Mm-hmm. What? Okay. Continue. Because he pulled the strings, he got the assistance, he made the hire that resulted see, in the championship. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Listen. He see. He see. He owed his way into a national. Championship. What, what? Wait. What is that yeah, coaching? Right. What is that coaching? Yeah. Do you have yeah, to? Yeah, no. Yeah, I, no. Okay. Coach, yeah, yeah, no, he's, he's, that's Mike agreeing with you. Continue. Okay. okay. Yeah, he's he's I'll, be, I'll be back, y'all. I'm finna scream. I'm not saying Ordron <laughs> is two. I'm not saying Ordron's two, but he's top three. Um, he's gotten. He's made the decisions that got the result. So I, I have to give him that. Uh, I gotta okay. go. Dan Mullen on the other end. I think Dan Mullen. Okay. I think Mullen, Ogeron, three. Jimbo can't be better than four. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I gotta okay. say. Kiffin, okay. hey, hey, before, before 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 y'all go before y'all go. Mm-hmm. I, I just I just I just got four words. B. You a hater. <laughs> wait, wait, what has Jimbo done that you will put hater. you ahead? You put that will put him ahead. Why, uh, if you're why putting Orgeron, why is Orgeron? If you put Orgeron, I was willing to let I was willing to let you live until you put Orgeron ahead of. of, of yeah, I, so I was with I was Dan Mullen based on I, I what? Seen Dan based Mullen on at what? Number two. How, how do what? you rank two coaches who have both won national championships, who have both uh, recruited at an elite level? But again, it's a lot about their school. Who have made hires that have resulted in here? Well, here is why to me, uh-huh. Ed Ogeron is not better than Jimbo Fisher. Okay, because anybody who knows that LSU program will tell you that offense and Joe Brady is what won them that national title. I understand that Ed Ogeron was the guy that hired him. Okay, however, Jimbo Fisher is the guy that orchestrates the stuff for his teams, so he don't have to hire nobody else. 
Yeah. That, I just I just want to point out that the guy that, He's a better that, coach. I just want to point out that I, the two that you ranked in front of him, he beat last year. Both of them. Last year. What what was the year before that? I mean, we can't I, go based on one year he, sample. He was, he was, we we he can't was, go based was, on one year sample. He was he was a first year coach and in, in a in on a team he was rebuilding. And in year two, he beat both the coaches that you wrote. Last, no, last year was his third year. Third year, third okay. Year. And year three, he beat both the coaches that you rated that that that, that were ranked much higher than he was. And in fairness, what, in what's fairness, that got to do with anything? Gus fairness, beat Saban and uh, whoever yeah, in his first year. Say, He's not better than them. That, that ain't that one year results don't mean right anything. There. We're talking about the result over time. Jimbo right. lost to Gus Malzahn two years in a row. But you got to remember, he inherited a mess when he came. Yeah, to right. Yeah, let's not act like he, he inherited did not a mess. Steadily now, now for all the crap, program. for all the crap you give Sumlin, yeah. he he can't be that terrible of a coach and then did leave Jimbo yeah, a mess. Right, but there's also a marked difference between he was being a, a one hit wonder in your first year and then building your team up to a winner in its third year. Don't act like those two are the same thing. They're not. Like, I, I was with you to Ogeron, bro. Like, I really was. You was doing yeah, I, fine. I was, was going to let you live until yeah. you put Ogeron ahead yeah, of Jimbo. Yeah, man. Nah, also, yeah, like, listen, nah. listen, man. Based it, on it, y'all, y'all haven't given me any concrete. All you said is that because Jimbo calls X's and O's, I, he's, I think, he's somehow a better head coach okay. than the other guy. Because the result, what's the result? Everybody's playing for a championship, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. So, okay, I'm, my, my, my question to you is, uh-huh. how is it that Ogeron is better with less evidence? He's only been a head coach in the SEC for two seasons. So how are you giving him that? But you're not giving Jimbo credit for the steady incline that his Wait, team saw over Orcheron's three years. has been a head coach for... He's been a head coach for a long 17, time. 17, 18, 19, okay. 24 years. Okay, but was LSU good all of those years minus last year? Um, Let me see. They were he was, all they were right bad, like one of them. In 2018, they won it all 2019. They were bad. Well, they got better 2020, but they weren't really that good. I think Ogeron has put a more consistent program together, even with the ups and downs of his coordinators, than um, than uh, a lot of schools. I don't think he's better a better coach than Jimbo Fisher is. A better head coach? Or a better head coach? coach? Head coach, assistant coach, doesn't matter. He's not a and, better coach, period. And and I was going to say this. I was going to say this. Shout out to Lawrence. But that wasn't his first coaching stop. He coached at Ole Miss, and that was a listen, failed experiment. Has win. anybody won at Ole Miss, though? I mean, Listen, B, you don't want to piss me off, so I'm going to give y'all y'all off-season hot take right Go ahead, now. go ahead. Give me some. A&M, A&M beats Bama this year. Lord Jesus. Now, I told you. I well, told you that. I told well, you, you, you done let my Jimbo hate get you hyped up. You done said I the wrong thing. I told your ass that they were going to beat Florida last year. Y'all laughed at me. As yes. a matter of fact, not only did I tell you that they were going to beat Florida, I told you how they were going to do it. By a field now, goal. Now, yes, now we, got, we, got yes, we, got, we got we got 2,800 subs in here, right? 2,700 of y'all wasn't subscribed when I made this prediction. <laughs> 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 but I said, listen... Texas A&M by field goal as time expires. Jimbo's doing something pretty good down there. Now, they pulled it off, <laughs> right? He did everything he could have Sons beating Bama to get his team to the playoff. And if you ask me, they deserve to be in there based on what we saw from Notre Dame. They deserve to be in there. No matter. I don't, I don't disagree with that. I don't, think, I don't think Texas A&M is going to be right, as right, good yeah, this year. Yeah, and so. I'm just not sure, like, why. I, I, if I'm Texas A&M, 
right? I'm getting my money's worth right now. And this man says he's going to go beat Saban's ass. I'm like, well, he picked a hell of a good year to make that prediction. Why? Brand new quarterback. Lost, lost all world talent at wide receiver. Now I'm not. I know they have they have a a, a a system for development, but if there were any year where he was going to make that claim, I kind of get it this year. I think that he's not dumb. That's strategic. Now he knows it's still going to be a tall task to beat them, right? You know, and that's that's hype talk for the boosters and we the recruits. Yeah, we see these we see these hot takes come out every year in the off season when they're doing their booster tours, right? Mm-hmm. And they're trying to get everybody riled up and they're trying to get donations, right? And, and, and you think Harson's not talking about how he's going to beat Bama's ass in private at some of these, these, these private fundraisers? He's doing it. He probably ain't Gus saying this. Every about coach, this year? No, every I don't know about coach, this year. Maybe not about this year, but I'm saying yeah. in general, listen, we're going to oh, no, get he de- like this. It's not even a secret that everybody feels like we're going to build a program that's going to take down the Giants. You yeah. can't not say that right. as a coach mm-hmm. yeah. talking to the in people some who form, are pulling the purse strings. Yeah, in yeah. some form, right. that's being said. But for him to put a year on it, for him to call his shot in a year, I feel like this is a good year to do it. No. Right? And if you're confident in your ability to be able to coach... You know, why not? I, listen, I, I don't like I don't like giving teams like Bama bulletin board material. But the great thing about doing this is when you say some shit like that, we get to see it play out on the field in a few months. You don't get to get away with it. We get to see it play out. And the media is going to play it. Oh, yeah. It's going to get replayed. It's going to be part of the storyline in the lead up to the game. All week long. I hope to God we don't play at the same time as them because I want to watch that. We won't. It, that, that'll be a primetime game. Right? That'll be primetime. Yeah. And then, after they pull it off, after they pull it off, we're going to come back here to talk about it. I'm calling this one five months early. All right, man. Mm-hmm. Hey, listen, I, five I, I'm, months not, early. I'm not making... Y'all, y'all be ready to make y'all pick so early into... I love I'm, it. I'm going to no wait. No, no, no guts, no glory, right? So, like, much, so, so much emotion. I like yeah. it, guys. I, I like it. I personally... Don't care who wins that freaking game. Both of them can lose for all I care. How about that? <laughs> I hope you both lose. First time college Ike. football history. <laughs> I'm with uh, Ike. Oh man! So <laughs> I, I, I just don't. Ahead, I listen. I, I, I get that you don't like Jimbo Fisher. I really don't. But like I'm telling you that you know the steady kind of climb that he's had since he's been at Texas A&M. I would take if our coach could have done with Bo Nix. What Jimbo Fisher did with Kellen Mond, I'd be happy. Okay, so here's where I this is this is why I was on the B Will train initially, right? Yeah. And then you lost you lost me at Ozier. I was with you, bro. Like I was like, yes, Jimbo. The results have now borne out that Jimbo is better than Orgeron. That's all I'm saying. There's nothing else to to grade them on as far as they've both had at least three years in their positions. The highest and, heights for for Orgeron. Only, only one of them has a national title. Correct. You're right about that. However, I would argue that Jimbo had less to work with and has made the greater leap in that period of time. However, however, we gonna see what it's like when that offensive line isn't what it was last year. Mm-hmm. That's my only caveat okay. to all of that right. stuff. That's why I was with you. And even on the Kellen Mond hate, right? Like right. Kellen Mond to me is still a very mid coach, right? But quarterback. quarterback. I mean quarterback. But 
his offensive line allowed him and that running game allowed him to be more comfortable. You got to credit the guy who built that stuff around him, understanding what his quarterback was. So I give him credit for that. And a little of that is through the lens of seeing what we weren't able to do. And you do, I'm doing a little comparative analysis, right? Right. I still think Jimbo Fisher is a top three um, coach in the SEC. It's it's two A and B with him and Mullen to me. I'm sorry. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that 100 percent Now, yeah. there are other coaches who I think have the potential to leap up there into those spots. We've already talked about whether or not Ole Miss is going to make some strides under Kiffin. I think that Brian Harson is a great hire. We have yet to see what he's going to do. He is over traditionally, you know, as far as coaches are concerned, has been in the top five in winning percentage, right? So he's he's a good coach. Mm, we just don't know right. what he's gonna do against this level of talent consistently. Right. For right now, though, I wouldn't put Jimbo any less than number three in the SEC. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I, I feel it, and I think that the game that they played versus Florida proves it. No, it was an, it was, oh it was, an, it was an evenly oh matched game. No, it was not because all, <laughs> Florida's offensive line yeah. was trash and always had Florida's been trash. offensive line was the trash. Running back talent was, down. was very suspect. They yes. had the much. They, yes. they had the much better. But listen, y'all told me before that game that Texas A&M wasn't going to be able to run the ball on Florida. I no, thought Florida ain't Texas saying that wouldn't but be anything the whole year. Listen, we made mistakes. Gave me Mom, all these stats about you were Bobby right about one lose. game the whole year that was an average. I was right about their season. Period. By who? Florida or AM? About Texas AM. You were yeah, right. You were you were you were very he, he, wrong he was, about Florida that entire season. So like No, I said up, that they were overrated at the beginning of the season. You said Florida was, and where did Florida end the season? Yeah, I mean losing yeah, to Bama. And losing nah, to AM. Uh, you <laughs> that, so overrated. Okay. So overrated. Uh, okay. so this is what I'm talking about right here. This is that bull. Uh, so yeah, you wanna, you wanna, yeah, we want to we wanna throw a parade Game. for your victories. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me get like, this famous to you. If, if we going to run the tape, let's run the whole tape is all I'm saying. All right, all right. I'll get the spin machine out for this one. But like, <laughs> so, so, so basically, so basically, B, you on an island with, with putting Jimbo at— That's fine. At, was it four? I say yeah. Jimbo four. I say Ogeron and not be, listen, I'm not telling you that, hey, okay, Jimbo is obviously a, a good offensive coach. Like that's his bread and butter. He goes places, the offense starts to make sense and it has a structure and the quarterback seemed to thrive. Although the, the last few years at Florida State, to me, that's a red flag. And they were yeah. saying that some of the stuff going on behind the scenes was similar to some of the stuff that was going on here behind the scenes, as far as between the administration and the coach. They didn't want to pay up, but Jimbo had won the big one, so they had to pay up. So they were trying to, like, you know, dabble a little bit. And they that there were some whisperings from the Florida State um, fan base that that was what was going on. Um, so Jimbo didn't get to do everything he wanted to do how he wanted to do it. He doesn't have that problem now. Um, I get that he's a good offense. He's been a good offensive coach since he's been a coordinator at LSU way back in the day. So I don't want to take that away from him, but head coach involves being a lot more than that. Like right now, Mike credits Saban all the time for turning the, the the page on defensive powerhouses and turning into an offensive team. To me, some of that was already dictated to Saban because he was trying to slow down Gus's offense when Gus was first burning them. To, that he whined. That's one. That's the only knock on Saban that I personally have. Don't cry when you get got. Just get got, and then come back and get better. You you got way more to work with than us, man. You gonna get us the next year? Don't cry and try to slow down the offense, and and then cry when we got you on that punt thing in 2019. All that boohooing. He did make the decision. Though. All right, listen. Forget three five star defensive tackles and two five star linebackers. We need wide receivers, and then he put three wide receivers. 
in well, he had two wide receivers in the first round. So he made that switch. He has the resources to do it better than everybody else, but he did it. That is a decision organiz- organizationally that you have to make and say, this isn't working, but I think I know what to do next. Orgeron did some of that. He was on the staff with, with Les Miles when Les Miles wanted to still be three yards in the cloud of smoke. Les Miles was, was determined to still be that guy in that offense. And as soon as he got out the door and he got in, and Orgeron got the nod, he was like, all right, let's try it like this. That didn't work. All right, let's try something else. Mm, that didn't work. I think I know what we can do. And that's what I give Orgeron credit for. And Mike, you were giving him credit for this all last year when it didn't work. He tried something else, whether it was a new offensive yeah, coordinator. I, nobody's yeah, saying Ogeron's trash. I'm just right, saying he's not right. better than Jimbo. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm just saying, saying, you know, based on based on the result. Uh, now, mind you, uh, LSU Orgeron did have, you know, probably the greatest challenge in college football in that he lost more talent to the league than any championship team in history. Right. And right. if you count the attrition to COVID. Right. It was worse. They set out. They set out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, it was worse. So, I mean, his team didn't look anywhere near what he thought it was going to be going into the season. Right. And, you know, they started out with Brennan. Brennan was leading the league in passing yards before he got hurt. So he was not Joe Burrow, but listen, he was no slouch. And then, um, What's his face came in? What's his name? TJ Finley, Finley. who has just transferred out of the program. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, Finley. I, I I still think if they Finley's had if they, if they had started Max Johnson instead of Finley in that game versus us, um, it would have been a lot tighter. I'm not saying we would have lost lost that game, but it, it wouldn't have been the blowout that it was because Max Johnson was clearly the more competent quarterback. Um, uh, the and I think he proved it over the last half of the season. So. You know, I give him credit for like, you know, they they somehow, you know, Finley was their lawyer. <laughs> and that uh, Finley, Finley was, was <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, listen, <laughs> but I'm just saying comparatively speaking, he was much worse than the starter. I guess is my point. Well, let me ask you this, right? Mike. Isn't isn't it a credit? And I get that y'all aren't saying that Ogeron's bad. He showed badly in that game. He never started again, and now he's out of the program. I think he started in, in versus us. Finley. After mm-hmm. he yeah, started I, against us. I think he started one more game after that. Did he not? He may have started one more. I think he started the next game, but that was think, it. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was right they, pull, they, they pulled him, right? Yeah. And then, you know, I just thought it was, hey, man, you're on your third quarterback of the year. But they their talent pool, they 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 had so much confidence in that they just they went to the, the third string guy. Mm-hmm. You know, that tells me that they probably had a quarterback race. You know, in the spring, it was it was a battle for that number two spot. Finley must have just edged out Max Johnson. But now we know, again, some of the things on the practice field don't translate to the game. Right. For some guys. Right. And, and being so, able I mean, to pull Finley the plug. played well the game before, though. He played all right the game before. Though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Listen, yeah, I mean, you got you got to do it. You got to do it again and again. Right. But like. Oh, for I, sure. I just think. You know, uh, a part of being a coach is being able to say, listen, man, we 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 effed up. <laughs> we missed it out. We picked the wrong guy and go to the next guy. And some coaches ego won't let them do that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you, you've talked a lot. You waxed poetic about how he destroyed Florida State's offensive line. Right. And I just want to know in three years, you think if that were a pattern, he would have done the same thing. To Texas A&M's offensive line. 
No, all those guys were juniors and seniors, which means they were in pocket. So right I, I was about there. to say this. This is again. This is where I was with you because mm-hmm. I'm gonna see how well he's able to reload. Right. Reload. I have no problem with his ability to develop. Right, but how well do you get that next guy ready? I mm-hmm. didn't see that at Florida State. I saw you get a team, get him to the summit, and then you was like, "All right, yeah." And then you you re- you <laughs> sat up there and rejoiced at the summit because you were as good as you were gonna get. Now, and then you lost a bunch of talent, and it was done. Your program was trash. Not, not we will see next year. This year coming up is what's going to tell me whether he uh, learned his lesson. Yeah, not that it has anything to do with anything, but let me tell you, uh, Jimbo had a lot of things going on in his personal life during his last few years at Florida State as well, too. His wife was sleeping with the old receiver from Florida. It became a big scandal. They went through a very public divorce. Mm. Um, I mean, it was it was ugly. And he just got remarried last year, mm. four years later. Right. So um, I remember seeing it and I thought I, it, it looked very tabloidy to be on ESPN. And I was like, is this for real? Is this a real article? And I clicked on it and when I started reading about all the things that he was going through. I was like, whoa, this is this is actually a little crazy. So, you know, um, you know, when things in your personal life aren't straight, sometimes it affects your job performance. You know, it sounds like his life, his personal life is in a more stable place these days, which may result in a more stable job performance. All I know is, is that, I, you know, again, I think that what he's done in three years at Texas A&M, you know, I mean, I would take I would take that result over. Essentially what Gus did in his first three years. Well, that's a different argument. That's an argument uh, that yeah, Jimbo's a better coach well, than Gus Malzahn. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just. I'm just saying. When you when you hire a new coach, right? You know, uh, a, a steady climb, or what, what Bruce Pearl did in basketball, a steady climb yeah. to what looks like sustained success over an instant spike, and then a fall off to a height that you never reach again. Yeah, I'm more. I'd be more encouraged by that. I just would. Right. I mean, again, we saw our basketball coach do it. No, well, no miracles in year one. Right. But by mm-hmm. year three or four, it just looks like he's building something steady. Now, this year, like you said, what do we say about coaches? Right. You know, you never really know how good a recruiting class or how good a coaching jo- development job you've done until like two, three, four years in. Yeah. He's at that point. So this season, we'll see a lot about how he recruits and develops. Mm-hmm. Big That's year for him coming up. Yeah, it's a big year. Yeah. Big year. Sure. Now, j- this is the year I will completely amend my stance, not on him being a used car salesman because he still has that creepy vibe, but on how good a coach he is based on what he does this year. Because he's had, it's, the setup is great. It was it was mediocre, bad culture, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Coach leaves, good players leave. All right, one year, mid two years, mid three years. You turn the corner, the only person you didn't beat was the big boy on the block. Other people were very down, which is why I, I relent when y'all give so much credit to, to people last year. The people who had the most success were the people who had everything already in pocket. Trask, year two. Pitts, year two. Uh, Kadarius Tony, year two. Their battery had been there. The offensive line at AM had been there. Killer Mon had been there. Everybody else had a lot of changes, new coaches, new offensive coordinators, and those were the teams that, that didn't do great. LSU, complete turnover. On staff and in roster. And that's why they were down. We we knew they were going to be down. I don't want to give him credit for last year when... Uh, last year was an aberration to me. Alabama was going to be anybody they played the entire year. It did not matter. 
which is why I don't like giving Jimbo credit because he didn't really have a chance to win the championship. And that's why who cares about the playoff? Did did y'all think anybody was going to beat Alabama based on what we saw on the field all year? No. So what do you want, a cigar? Because you came within 19 points? No, I don't care. (laughs) Who cares? You did all right. Everybody else was down. The one person who wasn't down, you still got blasted off the field. So you were solid. Maybe you were second place for the year. But now we're about to see what is really going on. LSU's not going to be down this year. We're at least going to be better disciplined and more competitive this year. We'll see. Okay, so 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 what so what if Texas A and M is a one loss team in twenty twenty one? Did they what beat will, what, Bama? What, what will you have to say? Did they beat Bama? I mean, maybe Bama's their own. According to you, everybody is going to be up this year that was down last year. Does it matter if they beat Bama? If they lose, if they only lose one game, yeah. What what will you? That's have better. To say? Is that better? Yeah. What you thought they were going to do? Uh, yeah, that'll be that'll be. An accomplishment. To me, that's that pretty, is a very good proven. coaching job. You lose your offensive line and your experienced quarterback, and you beat an LSU team that is now more stabilized. You beat Lane Kiffin with another year to to get familiar and get talent in. They Lane over-recruited for this first year for Ole Miss. Okay, so you've heard it here. So will you put them, will you put him in front of Orgeron and Mullen? If he has a better record than One Orgeron. loss. One loss. One yeah. loss. Well, I don't know about Mullen. Let, let's let's hold off on Mullen. I want to see what Mullen does with a new quarterback too. Gotta give him a year. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I just got listen. B likes to, if you just start watching the the war report. B likes to hedge his bets because he's a betting guy. He don't like to lose, so he hedges. He bets both sides of the line. So I just no, gotta I don't. get him on record. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't. So I gotta you know get what? him on, on betting, the record. When you're betting, you always have the choice to not place the bet. And when we're having these discussions, that's not really an option. So. That's yeah. what that is. No, you do that all the time. <laughs> I know, in these discussions. You tried to do it in this one. Oh, no, no, I'm ready to make a discussion about blah, blah, blah. We're trying to get you to Because y'all it. asking me stuff about ranking coaches. It's 14 coaches, and we don't have enough data on, like, four of them. I, I, it's yeah, hard to I do. Mean, I'm just saying, of the coaches you know you have enough data on, where does yeah. he rank is my question. You have like, enough let's, on let's, the top five. Yeah. I still say four. Double down. I see you, B. Hey, and Mike, if he loses four games this year, I I, I won't. won't, We're going to have another talk. Four games? Yes. And it also, but, but, yeah, it's the SEC. You need to see what what your boy Orgeron does this year, too. Yeah, listen, it's the SEC. That's a possibility, man. Like, listen, four four games is a possibility. New offensive line, new quarterback. Yeah, I, I, I buy that. The same yeah. chance Auburn or LSU or any of these other teams not named Bama have a chance to lose four games. What's four it? losses? Wait, a it's, it's that's, a, that's a solid year. All right. <laughs> Guys, we appreciate you, man. And, and while, while you're commenting, please be sure to, to share this video again. Please add us at The War Report if you're on Twitter, Facebook, or Twitter. Please use hashtag TWR War Room and hashtag Get Your Weight Up. Please be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. You can find us at The War Report on Twitter and Instagram at TW Report on TikTok. Signing off, man, for another great show. We'll see you guys actually on Friday when we drop our facts or not. And we'll see you on the live show this upcoming weekend. As always, War Eagle. War Eagle.